So you're asking me how I, how I serve Newsbomb, how I serve my wife, how yeah. I serve my kids, and how I serve my church. Yeah, I don't know. That is probably <laughs> yeah, that is probably my uh, one of my biggest questions is how I uh, do any of those well, and sometimes I feel like I don't. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 30 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Today, we're spotlighting the Daytime Shop Group and their 40X initiatives. David Bubengarden is the team leader of this group, and in this quick exchange, he walks us through some key items from the last six to nine months that they've been working on. You might uh, hear it in some of his responses, so I'll give Dave and the shop crew some credit here. Uh, The shop crew, both day and night shifts, have had a very, very busy year so far with uh, significant implementations and growth that we've had with Geotab and solar panels and a bunch of new trucks. Uh, So uh, it's it's been really busy for them. And success in using 40X really does require some intense focus and effort, especially from the start, the beginning of the process. Now, while 40X is designed to help you accomplish the wildly important and it can even help develop efficiencies in your workflow and processes. It does take time and effort to make work. In talking with Dave and others outside of this interview, creating that time and getting everyone on board with 40X has been a challenge for these teams. The whirlwind is strong in the shop department and and their work is is more project-based. So figuring out how they can use 40X in their workflow and align to the company's wildly important goal was, was a challenge for sure. But that said, there's been some really incredible output from the shop crew, and these guys have risen to the challenges that have been put in front of them, and they've been attacking those challenges with really great success. So here's Dave Boomgarden uh, from the Daytime Shop team, and real quick, before he comes on, I want to encourage you to help these guys help you. Give them all the information you can as early as possible, use the check-in process, and communicate well whether you're a driver, you're in operations, or, or wherever you are. That communication could save hours, if if not days, in the productivity of a driver. Well, hey, Dave, thanks for joining me here, and uh, appreciate you uh, taking some time here to share about your uh, shop team's uh, 40X initiatives and what you guys are doing. So you have, uh, we, we had Jake Gray in here a while back, and uh, he's with the Shop Knights team, and they're doing some similar things to you. Uh, particularly in the initiative of establishing uh, your check-in process. Mm-hmm. You want to just refresh our memory a little bit here about the whole check-in process, uh, what that kind of looks like and what you're trying to accomplish with that? Um, well, first it actually starts off, um, maybe a driver calls in, tries to make an appointment. He also will have his list of potential problems, you know, whether truck or trailer. And let's say that's on a Monday and he wants to come through Thursday and he wants to get these repairs done. So he may make that on Monday and then let's say maybe Wednesday or something, the day before he arrives, one of the, one of the guys in the office will call him and say, hey, um, can we verify your, your repairs or, or is there anything else to add? 
and you know that'll be confirmed and then some times will be set up and it'll be put into the shop planner and then the next day or so when he comes through then everything's already set in place he has to the driver would have to come into the office and officially check in you know and then that's when let you know that he's actually there and mm-hmm. there's a truck there on site right mm-hmm. um the planner shows that us as well but uh, everybody uh, wants to know if if he's there or not um especially the office because then he they will send uh, a communication to operations or dm mm-hmm. and make sure hey you know you got your drivers here we're going to perform some work on them what's your time frame uh, on him um and we'll verify that time frame as well and then the work will be performed mm-hmm. so good, good communication all the way around uh, basically between driver and shop just making sure that you don't leave anything off the list because uh, it's i'm i know it's been pretty common to have a uh, driver express a concern on one issue and kind of leave off three or four other little things that, but then shows up that day of and probably brings to you and says, Oh, by the way, I've also got this, 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 and this, but that may be a couple more hours worth of work. Correct. Yes. And, and so by having this check process in advance, that helps you plan accordingly. Uh, but then you're adding the communication point of making sure that you're working with uh, operations, make sure that, Time is good and that not messing up with any messing any loads up or anything like that and all that. So uh, what has, uh, as you guys were working on developing uh, this wig to, to set up uh, the check-in process and get this initiated, what kind of challenges did you have getting that off the ground and kind of getting going with it? Um, we had a lot of, a lot of ideas, um, you, you know, maybe like 20 some ideas and, and everybody had their own view on it. And, you know, the 40X process, you really had to narrow it all down really fast and, and get to a point in the nitty-gritty of it and and make something happen mm-hmm. here and put it in place. Obviously, I mean, coming in and trying to identify what, what your wig is even going to be, you, you surely had probably a million different ideas, uh, seemingly, uh, coming from everywhere because everybody's got different little well, I really want to see this improve or that be better. And uh, But as a company, we did have a few different battles that you could go after, one of those being uh, communication improvements, and uh, and that's where you, you ended up. So were there a bunch of other good ideas kind of fighting for position there? Or did, that, did it kind of seem obvious to, to bring this check-in process to the front? It seemed obvious to help the shop workflow and then also, you know, even operations and DM workflow as well, because um, if a driver came in and had two things and then he added four things, you know, then he's bumping the guy that's behind him mm-hmm. in his time frame too. So if we could really get it all nailed down of, of time frame and, and, wants and needs of everybody we could we could be more efficient yeah yeah makes sense and so as far as a goal for implementation here what what do you actually have in place there uh, as far as do you have a percentage in place for how many trucks coming in actually follow this check-in process uh yes um the shop office they try to really work and making all their uh pre-arrival calls so that hovers around a hundred percent. Cool. 
Um, as far as uh, the shop techs, you know, we're caught up in a whirlwind. You know, mm-hmm. we're doing all kinds of things, uh, projects. Um, we'll, I'll mention, uh, you know, Geotab and Smart Drive and Solar Panel and amongst uh, those are all, all those are all small things keep, though keeping all <laughs> keeping all the new hire trucks uh going yeah. as well so yeah. um, um so it, it's not just maintenance issues that you're you know problems that you're working on you've got all kinds of other things that are just scheduled type things yes. that have to be done I and mean, getting drivers out on the road and then yeah, with that, I, I teased about the geotab and smart drive and all that. That's a pretty big undertaking, but mm-hmm. and you guys have done a great job with that uh, yeah. from everything that I've heard. Uh, you're ahead of schedule. And that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it looks like we're ahead of schedule. And it, it I mean, the, would this check-in process does that attribute a little bit to the success of you know that progress that you've had so far, even on that front, even though you're not necessarily. Um, focusing or had weren't originally focusing on that area per se, but it seems like maybe that's possibly helped. Uh, yes, some efficiency. It, yes, it has. Um, we even have uh, hired on a few more techs to, mm-hmm. you know, prior- prioritize into that and get them going and keep them going on a daily basis. And so in addition to then the check-in process, you did go ahead and establish a wig to, focus on the geotab and smart drive solar panel installs. Is it all those things or is it just a couple of those? Um, Yes. It's uh, we established those here a few weeks ago. Our goal is for like geotab to be like 80% completed with all those. And we understand that, you know, in the, in the last few months we might have some stragglers. We might have to get in for geotab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're dealing with dedicated, you know, drivers as well, or people that don't travel through the terminal here as frequently. So you're going to have to make sure you gather all those in, but it sounds like you, uh, when I was talking with um, uh, Tony and uh, Troy that as well, those are actually still making, making their way in and you guys are doing a good job with that. Yeah. The but, check-in procedures really helped with that as well, because, you know, you schedule for the geotab and you're scheduling also for the work on the truck that they might, uh, make a list of, mm-hmm. and you know, while they're in training, we have one guy working on geotab and smart drive, and we have another tech that might be working on the truck itself. And you know, so when he gets out of class, they might he might be pretty close to being ready to hit the road again. Mm-hmm. So, some might ask, I mean, th- those that are familiar with 40x and and just the work process, you know, the, you're some of these are things that they had to be done. Uh, Geotab had to be installed. The solar Mm -hmm. panels, I mean, those have to be installed. Why 40X? Why bring that into 40X and make that a wildly important goal there as well? How has 40X helped you accomplish uh, that, that those processes? The ability to track everything. Um, you know, we track it weekly or even, or I can do it even daily if I wanted to. Um, of course, uh, Tony and Troy could, could look as well. So basically it, it's, it helps set up, um, visibility to everything that you're doing, uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise put in place the same way. 
Correct. Yes. Um, instead of just a handful of people knowing the the true count of how many has been completed, now all of us know at some point in the week that um, how many are completed and how many mm-hmm. are left. Um. So I, I do want to just give your team a shout out and say that I, I know it's been a tough year, a tough year to implement 40 X process. Uh, but it's been, mm, yeah, it I was. think useful, uh, cause there's just been a lot, uh, that's gotten thrown at you that probably wasn't so expected going into the beginning of the year even. So uh, true. And then also receiving a hundred trucks as well, getting them set up that, which is more than we've had in, Right. Well, Usually it's been 80 a long time. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's quite a bit. And we've, you know, there's a lot going on and this, this push with geotab and everything, uh, you guys are to be commended for the work that you've done. And so I want to just say, you know, personally say thank you uh, to your team and everyone else in the shop and uh, give you some thanks and, and gratitude for what you've done. Cause uh, if you guys weren't doing what you were doing, I mean, who knows how everything else would be going. If we didn't have trucks for guys to get out on the road coming in, new hires, uh, if guys were sitting here for two days at a time to get their geotab installed, that, it'd be a mess. Yeah, that would be a mess. <laughs> There'd be a lot of unhappy people. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. So, uh, Dave, thanks again for joining me. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm with anything. That's it. Okay, well, thanks so much. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. And uh, You're welcome. Again, appreciate your team. Let them know that uh, we appreciate them. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. This week's feature exchange is with Nussbaum CFO, Bill Wettstein. Now, we've had Bill on this show before, but this time, we're shining the spotlight square on him. I've had the privilege of working with Bill uh, more closely at times over the past several years, and the more I get to know him, the more layers he seems to have. One of my favorite things about this podcast is finding out things about people that you would never guess about them if you didn't already know them. It it just goes to show that we are all so unique and that there are so many stories to be told. And I think we may only be scratching the surface with Bill here. But to get started, here is Newsbomb CFO, Bill Wettstein. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Good, Philip. How are you? Doing, I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to have you here. Uh, we've had you on here previously, and, but uh, this time we get to dig in a little bit more to finding out uh, more about you uh, specifically and, and uh, kind of your background and interests and, and things like that. So I think this will be kind of fun to, to peel back a couple layers of, of Bill Wettstein. Oh, good. Well, it's good to be here. The topic makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I, I, I promise there's nothing to be nervous about at all. <laughs> I, I don't ask any difficult questions. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, well, I know we, we, we know a little bit about your background here at the company, but let's just go ahead and start there and uh, talk about uh, coming into Newsbomb specifically, uh, maybe if you need to back up a couple years prior to that or anything like that. Um, but just kind of tell us a little bit of coming in here and what you do. Sure. Yeah, well, I worked for, in, in the, uh, 1997, I worked for a uh, CPA firm over in East Peoria, Heinold Van Wert, they're our current auditors, worked for them for a year out of college, and then I came over here in accounts payable, paid the bills, payroll, that kind of thing, and then uh, for about three years, and then moved into my current role as CFO, and I've been in that for 18 years, and that continues to morph and change. Um so as of right now, basically, that's a focus on the ESOP and uh, 
um, sales and pricing oversight there, and then um, a little more involvement recently in some leadership development and that type of thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, trying to get, uh, hoping to work with the IT to get more involved in some deeper analytics than what we've had. Great. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at and where we're heading. <laughs> well, yeah, because I actually just here very recently, it was kind of announced uh, around the office here that there's just some slight tweaks and changes here uh, between like yours and Jeremy's positions and kind of what you guys are responsible for and, and handling. So what what kind of changes specifically is that kind of looking like? Is, and is that still being developed a little bit for you? Yeah, no, I'm looking, I'm excited about that. So Jeremy is uh, taking over the oversight of the accounting department which is kind of interesting because that's where I grew up, right? <laughs> but um, so he will oversee the uh, payroll, the accounts receivable. But Jeremy started in accounting here, is that right? Yes. So, so it's <laughs> um, kind of a, a full circle thing now. Yeah, that's a little bit of a funny story. Um, Brent Nussbaum and Lloyd Stoller took me out to lunch. I don't know how long it had been, 10 years ago or so. And uh, we were sitting there eating lunch. And I remember specifically all of a sudden the light bulb went off and I dropped my fork and I said, you two brought me out to lunch to take Jeremy away from me. And uh, (laughs) it's exactly what they did. It took them a little while to kind of get around to it. So anyways, it's been a good relationship and now we'll be back kind of working together again. That's great. That's great. So uh, prior, so you said straight out of college, Heinel Banwart, one year there. Right. Um, Why just one year there? (laughs) Before coming over here, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a great question. So, um, straight out of college, um, got my CPA and went to work for them. Uh, I did not like it for probably the first eight or nine months, and uh, didn't know what I was going to do long term. And then I, uh, but that's not because of the company though. That's because of was it the work? Yeah, the company was great. The culture was good, but just the type of work. Um, was not really something I enjoyed, but I think partly was you go to college and you think you know all this, and I got out and I didn't know nothing. And then after nine months, I started to get more comfortable and enjoy the job. And uh, just a couple months after that, I mean, I was really liking it and figured I would be there a long time. And then I came home one day, this was before cell phones, right? And there was Mm -hmm. a message on my uh, voicemail at home that uh, Newsbound wanted to talk. And kind of the rest is history. But I found that in my life... um, how God has often worked, that I have to be content where I'm at before doors open. It hmm. seems like that's often been the case. So yeah. Now, you've got a lovely wife and a couple kids, right? <laughs> a few. Yeah, we have uh, five daughters, um, two sons, um, a son-in-law, married to my oldest daughter, and a granddaughter. That's so. awesome. How, and what's, the, what's that age range look like? Okay. Yeah. The oldest is 21 and the youngest is 10. Okay. Okay. Well, we don't, we don't have any little ones running around anymore other than no, you got a grandkid that's going to be there, right? Yeah. She's there <laughs> fairly often. <laughs> so that's yeah, good. No, the kids are, uh, I thought we were busy when they were little. Um, I hate to tell you, I, I, Philip, you know that what? was I, a I, walk I, in the I, park. I, I'm going to have to take some <laughs> advice here. Yeah, it's really busy now. I feel like the older they get, especially teenagers, um, yeah, when they're little, you it's busy during the day, and then you put them to bed, and maybe you're up a little bit in the night. Now it seems like uh, they start talking about 10 p.m. Oh boy! <laughs> so that's when the big problems hit. So, so what? At what point um, do they stop arguing and fighting with each other? 
Oh, yeah, we don't have a ton of that. That's a good that's a good question. I don't know. Early teens, <laughs> okay. they seem to learn to coexist I don't, to I mean, a they, point. They, they do. My kids do well a lot of the time, but and they, and they have really great moments in there. Uh, but then occasionally they, they really know how to push each other's buttons and and, yeah. and get that, just tweak that little, <laughs> you know, nerve in there once in yeah. a while. And it, it can set them off and. Then we got chaos, but yeah, we have one that we basically call the pot stirrer. Uh-huh. He can stir the pot really well. Just knows those buttons. I, two of my my oldest doesn't seem to stir the pot, but my 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 second oldest, you know, so my six year old and my four year old, they take turns on which one is the pot stirrer at that <laughs> point in time. <laughs> they share that. Well, one quick uh, kid story I have. Well, I, we had a consultant here one day, and I was trying to help get set up for a meeting, and. Uh, it was about eight o'clock and my phone rang and it was my daughter and I knew that she was on her way to school. And if she was calling, it was probably because there was an issue with her car. So I took mm-hmm. the call. I said, just a second, you know, I told the consultant I'd be right back. And I took the call and she said, dad, um, my wheels aren't driving. And I said, Oh boy, you know, where are you at? And, uh, she says, well, I'm such and such. So I said, are you off the road pulled over? She says, um, no, I'm still going, but my wheels aren't driving. And I'm like, I keep asking questions and we're just not getting anywhere. And finally, she just keeps saying this. My wheels aren't driving. I said, so what's happening? Tell me what you're seeing. And she says, well, it says AWD off. So she had an all-wheel drive vehicle and the all-wheel drive portion wasn't working. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I said, uh, you know, just we'll get it scheduled in the shop at some point. Not a big deal. Go to school. Have a great day. So those kind of things happen. Oh, oh those are great moments. Oh, but, uh, so I know recently, um, you and, uh, the two of your boys, uh, went through the CDL test. Yeah. My and son and son-in-law. Son and son-in-law. Yep. And, uh, all three of you passed. Correct. <laughs> the truck didn't, but that's a different story. <laughs> it wasn't a new spam truck. I want to hear that story now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all did our pre-trips and then, uh. As my son was doing his uh, skills testing, uh, blew a power steering hose on the old Peterbilt. So <laughs> I had to actually come back at a later date to finish. But, oh. but it's pretty funny. So you didn't after, get to do yours actually at the same time? That same day, yeah. I okay. didn't get to do mine. But uh, it was pretty funny because it went through three or four pre-trips that day, and then we uh, fails. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, and on that note, I know here very soon uh, you're actually planning a trip out with uh, Mike Klein, one Correct. of our driver trainers, uh, former student himself, uh, trainee. Uh, but you're going to be not riding along with him. You're actually driving with him, right? Yes. My understanding is he'll drive the first few hours and kind of show me the expectations. And then uh, we'll switch places. But, yeah, it's supposed to be next or July 15th that we're supposed to leave out. Oh. We'll see. And then you're, you're going to spend a week out, right? Yes. <laughs> do, do, doing it all. Yeah, that's the hope. Get the... Uh, Get the full force. He asked me where I want to go. I said, wherever you think would give me a really good taste of what you deal with. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think uh, I heard maybe Brent said something, but uh, in your conversations, just like this kind of changes a lot of, of your perspective of what the driver goes through. I mean, this is, this is going to be a, I mean, you're expecting, I assume, a bit of an eye-opening experience to really better empathize with the driver and understand what it is that, that they go through. Yeah. There's a lot of details of the job that, um, 
I'm just not familiar with, right? Yeah. I'm curious with the whole geotab, with everything they deal with there, um, all kinds of things that drivers will laugh at, you know, just parking if I go to the Northeast or uh, sliding the tandems or you, you, the list goes on and on. All those, yeah. uh, all those items that I'm uh, very curious about. I can tell you how much it'll cost us to do the trip we do, but I don't know how to do the trip, right? So that's what I want to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, otherwise, what going into this, because I, I fully intend to have you and Mike back in here and recapping this trip and, and how that goes and, and get both of your perspectives on this. Um, but going into it now, since you haven't done it yet, right. uh, is there anything specifically you know that you're – really looking forward to or, or, or dreading? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I guess the biggest dread will be if I, uh, if I make a mistake, but Hey, mistakes happen, but I'm going to be a little bit under the spotlight. So, um, really hope it goes. Hopefully that mistake, well. if, yeah. the, if the mistake happens, it's not a big one. <laughs> yeah. So no, I think as far as, uh, dreading, um, no, nothing, nothing that's too, uh, too scary just looking you know, the whole thing of uh getting the experience of their lifestyle living out of the truck and all that compared to me going home to my home every night yeah. and uh getting that perspective both when i interact with um fellow drivers here and then also as i interact with the shippers i think it'd be mm-hmm. a good perspective to be able to share with them so you're going to make sure you're the one talking with the driver manager and everything too then <laughs> yeah that'd be good i think that's steve mallory so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I need to warn him. <laughs> Heads up. Uh, so yeah. uh, this is, you said this is next week, right? Next week. So so actually, in reality, so when this podcast actually airs, you will actively be out on the road. I might be listening to this from so, the road. Yeah, so, uh, right. so that'll be fun. We'll look forward to hearing how that all goes. I'll need to tell And Mike. we'll be watching as you go. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of, I, I kind of wish that we actually had. Uh, like the in da- the full <laughs> camera set up and everything in there and do like a live stream of, of how the week's going and kind of like an undercover boss without you actually being undercover sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. Do a live <laughs> podcast from the road. There you go. <laughs> It'd be fun. But so, well, outside of, of work here and everything, I know you've got a lot of other uh, things going on back at home. Uh, you've got some little farming stuff, you know, um, I know you're involved in church and, and everything. Um, you know, just share some of those things, some, some of those that. aspects. Yeah. So, of course, I grew up on a farm, as many of us did, um, you know, 40 years ago or whatever. And so we had an old McDonald farm for years. It's kind of winding down. We still have currently we have, a, I think, three hogs on the property and, and a, a few. Uh, actually, right now, just one steer, one um, beef, as far as beef cattle. Number of chickens. I think they're, uh, there's a guinea. If you know what a guinea is, a little. I'm not familiar. It's a, a bird that's about the size of a chicken that makes a bunch of crazy noises. And then we have a couple cats and a dog. And um, so that's what going on. We uh, raise a little bit of organic crops. Um, we have some acreage there for that. And um, and then I really enjoy the outdoors. So mm-hmm. we do hunting and fishing. Um, hopefully going out west, actually elk hunting with my oldest son in September. So. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Have, have you ever been elk hunting before? No. I don't even care if I see an elk. I'm just looking forward to being out there. <laughs> so I've never done anything like this before. So th- th- this will be a whole new experience yeah, in doing that. it's archery, not, not, okay. not firearms. Okay. So. Oh. Now, as far as uh, so w- when you're hunting, I mean, are, are you more uh, bow hunting or are you 
what's your preference? Um, no, I just enjoy the outdoors. So I don't really, I, I enjoy both. My issue is I, over the, I used to do it when I was young, right around here. And now as I get older, I have so many responsibilities here that I get out there and if nothing's happening, I feel like I have to go to work or go back to the house and do things. And uh, it's just hard to relax mm. and enjoy it here. So I'm hoping if I'm a thousand miles away and my cell phone don't work, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Well, good luck to you. And if nothing else, hopefully it's quiet and, yeah. and just good scenery and everything there. So, where would you say out west? Um, Meeker, Colorado. Okay. That should be fun. Never been there either. I haven't either. I've been in a couple parks, but that's that's not one of them. <laughs> yeah, so northwest corner, roughly. Uh, what kind of involvement do you have in your church? Yes, yeah, so um, we go to the F-Site Christian Church in Eureka, and um, I guess I'm what you call a lay minister there. So there's six of us, and we take turns. So I probably uh, have a couple sermons a month on average. So it's about 45 minutes when that comes up. Yeah, so I've been doing that for probably five and a half years. What all, aside from sermons, what, what all is actually involved in, in being a lay minister there? So we, we divide up a number of uh, responsibilities. So um, one of mine is with the, uh, the young people in the church that are not, that are not married, basically. So um, I'm involved with those. One of the reasons I'm involved in that is because um, a number of my children are in that group. Right. So I'm involved with that and kind of coordinate um, their activities and, and, uh, and that, and then um, also starting to work a little more with um, married couples on what we can do to mentor and just be a resource for them. And then uh, we do some things. We're affiliated with a nursing home mm-hmm. um, there in Eureka, a small town. So try to get up there occasionally to visit, not as much as I should, but then we have some um, church services there. Okay. So I just did that recently on a Sunday morning. If they're not able to get out to a church, we take the church to them. So, yeah. How do your kids feel about you being more directly involved in their age group as far as ministry is concerned there? Um, I think they I think they appreciate it. It's not very awkward actually. They're pretty okay. Yeah, they seem to be it's it's been 5 years or so. It's, I've kind of been somewhat involved, so it's kind of all they've ever known yeah. a little bit at this point. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they roll with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fun. So what, um, what got you into, or, well, how long have you actually been doing uh, ministry there and being, being part of um, so that's a- actively in that, in that kind in of that role? It's been role. Um, five and a half years. Okay. And what, what, what pulled you to that point? What drove that? Um, so, how our church works or denomination works, it's actually the uh, the congregation um, nominates someone. So, um, yeah, I didn't volunteer for it. It happened. <laughs> so I was um, uh, nominated for that, and uh, my wife and I accepted that responsibility. And it, it's been a blessing. Um, yeah, it keeps life busy between that and here. And then... Uh, um, so we funerals, we have a, um, a number mm-hmm. of older ones in our congregation. So I, it seems like I'm usually have to take a half day, probably once a quarter or so yeah. to go and help out with a, a funeral at church. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, and I haven't known a lot about everything that you've got going on. And the more I get to know you, the more I 
kind of find out that you've got going on. And it feels like to me, like you leave work here, you got more work when you get home one way or another, you've got more going on. And it's not just like the normal, you know, what I consider normal anyway of, yeah, you got some kids stuff and everything, but uh, you, you do have the property, you know, the, the, the land that you're, you're managing, you've got church responsibilities and, and everything else. So there's, there's quite a bit happening there. How do, how do you manage, like kind of keep everything going and, and not stress yourself out over yeah. any given one of those things? So you're asking me how I, how I serve Newsbaum, how I serve my wife, how yeah. I serve my kids, and how I serve my church. Yeah, I don't know. That is probably <laughs> yeah, that is probably my uh, one of my biggest questions is how I uh, do any of those well, and sometimes I feel like I don't. So learning how to uh, how to say no and how to oh boy. Uh, yeah, and actually it gets to the point sometimes when there's a conflict on the calendar, and I'm asked to do something and it won't work because I've already committed. It's actually kind of a relief at times, and that, I don't want that to sound bad, but uh, yeah, it's a really busy stage yeah. right now. But it's a lot of blessings, and I, I feel like there's a lot of people that would like to have those commitments that I have and and don't. So I try to be very thankful for, mm. for yeah. that. And uh, as far as the property, I'm trying to, uh, and in our farming operation, that's about right now. It's probably ninety percent on my oldest son, so. <laughs> and that's, he's supposed to be harvesting wheat tomorrow, so I'm not even going to be there. Not even going to be there. Well, that's, that's nice that you got, you can, that's why you have the kids, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I tell them I didn't have enough because I still have to do a lot of this work myself. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out for sure how much longer I've got before Landon is able to mow the yard himself. He's, he's, he's pushed it a couple times. He's, he's seven and a half right now, but he's seven and a half and looks about like a 10 or 11 year old. So he's there got the go. size and everything and strength, but so I want to get him doing more and more of well, that. Here's what I found out. As soon as he gets really good at it, somebody will pay him more than you will. Oh. And then you're in trouble. Ouch. <laughs> so, yeah, there's. I've got a lot of neighbors that would, would probably appreciate that. So well, maybe I can convince him to do them all. <laughs> so that's the thing. But um, coming back to, to being here at Newsbomb, you've been here 18 years. 21. 21. 18 my current role. 18 yeah. in your current role. Gotcha. Um, and I know we've talked about some of the changes and stuff that you've been through. Um, but what right now to you, as we think about being a company that, you know, in, in our tagline now, we are purpose-driven. We're employee-owned, purpose-driven. What would you describe your purpose as? What, what drives you at, at this point? What makes you excited to be here? and doing what you're doing? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I think what gets me excited is uh, the people we work with, just the relationships with fellow employees, from the drivers to the shop to the office, and then also to the uh, to the vendors and to the um, the shippers. I feel like when Jesus gave that great commandment about uh, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbors yourself, um, the way you show God that you love him is by loving your neighbors yourself. So and your neighbors, anyone basically that you come in contact with, right, that you have right. an impact on. So, and I feel like we have a, a great group that makes it really easy um, to do that. And so trying to see what we can do. I know 
Brent has been really strong to me just saying that uh, he really wants you know me to be focused on our culture here and what we can do on that. So trying to empower others to do the best job they can do and, and see what we can do to make this a place that people like to come to work. And uh, that's fun. It's a little hard for me to uh, go home at night sometimes and feel like I've done anything because <laughs> it's different from when I started. When I'd come in, I need to pay 50 bills and do this and do that. And now I go home and I can't really look back and say that I, you know, have a lot to show for it. It's more it wasn't of, really a checklist that you were able to yeah, start ticking off. Yes, but hopefully I've empowered somebody else to do something. Yeah, had a conversation that encouraged them, or at least um, sometimes my conversations aren't always encouraging, but at least I, I hope they feel like I've told them the truth and that I cared. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an excellent you know goal to have. Uh, you start. You kind of touched on one of the new things that you're getting into and that is uh, development can we talk a little bit about that yeah yeah that would be great so we're we're i know we're kicking off this whole leadership development initiative but i think there's going to be maybe some more outside Mm -hmm. of just that as well but you want to give us a little bit of insight into what's What's going on there there? yeah sure so of course when we do the uh, the surveys annual surveys every year we've gotten from I think throughout the company, driver's office shop, just opportunities for personal development, right? Or personal growth, career advancement, or however you want to term it. So we are um, doing a number of things that we're kicking off. Um, One of them is we're taking small groups. What I'm involved in currently is of the uh, office personnel, and we're taking them through a class, about a 12-month class of various different aspects. The first one just started. And our first topic is crucial conversations. So you can Google that, look it up and see what it is. But it's really about how to have a crucial conversation, which a crucial conversation has three points, um, opposing views, strong emotion, and uh, high stakes. And I can get crucial very quick because I'm very emotional and (laughs) everything seems to be a big deal. So uh, I have to really work on that. So we're going to go through a number of things like the seven habits of highly effective people, um, how to organize. It's called GTD or getting things done. So we'll work on that. And of course, I think up with the drivers, we have things like the road captains and the uh, cert red and um, platinum and uh, trainers, um, trying to give more and more opportunities for everybody to learn and grow if they have that desire. And then outside of more of the small group, we're hoping to open up to more people, some online learning, and then some additional uh um, making crucial conversations more available to uh, quite a few people throughout mm-hmm. the organization. I think we just officially uh, decided that uh, the the branding or, or naming. Uh, yeah, of I these probably programs... missed your cue on that. Didn't I? <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. <laughs> I, uh, hey, I, you didn't steal my thunder then. No, uh, but uh, is Lead Red is that first uh, group that you're talking about doing that 12 yep. month um, deal, and then uh, Grow Red would be uh, the other additional like online modules and, and other things that you Correct. mentioned. So, uh, so you can be looking for more information on that over time. I, I don't think we've got any big uh, things probably planned yet. Do we? To no, we out? don't. And I think that uh, grow red, we're hoping to roll it out in September is the, uh, is a theory. And um, I will tell you that the uh, vital smarts, who's the organization that has uh crucial conversations and influencer and, and some of those programs is one. And then the other um, provider that we'll be using it probably is Franklin Covey and mm-hmm. they have seven habits and uh, quite a few things that are 
uh, four disciplines of execution, 40X that we all know and love, and a few right. others that will, uh, they have quite a few programs there that um, be good content. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting more involved in that. And I know I got to talk with Jeremy a little bit more in detail, some of the different aspects and right. everything of that uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, it looks like a very neat uh, program and uh, create some new opportunities for uh, everyone around the company here to, to advance uh, their skill set and uh, abilities in, in leadership and general communication and yeah. all that good stuff. And I would say that a lot of these things we're doing, um, a lot of these programs, yeah, they may affect you in your career, in your job, but I would say even more so in your personal life. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, so I can be really excited about that. I know the first group were two-thirds of the way through the cru- Crucial Conversations training, and uh, that one in particular is probably more effective in our personal life than our work life. But if our personal life is going smoother, um, our performance at work improves, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. So that's pretty easy to say. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, it's been good. It's exciting. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, well, that's basically all I've got for you, Bill. I hopefully didn't tear into you at all there <laughs> to peel anything back, but uh, <laughs> no, too deep. But, no, that was great. Uh, look forward to, I, I, I will tell you, I'm really looking forward to here in a couple weeks after you get back uh here from the road. I'm really looking forward to hear how that went and to have, I'm looking forward to hear how Mike thinks that went. Yeah. His view. Yeah. I hope my tail's <laughs> not between my legs too bad. So, but yeah. uh, looking forward to that and we'll uh, hopefully legitimately have you guys in the studio here and uh, be able to share that with everyone listening. So good. So a little teaser uh, for that, for everybody uh, to be looking for that in a few weeks, maybe. So sounds but. great. Bill, thanks again for for stopping in here and uh, taking time to to share a little bit about yourself and uh, appreciate uh, your work and leadership here at the company. Uh, I appreciate getting to step into your office occasionally and and just, you know, bounce things back and forth with you. I've I've always appreciated that. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.